perspiring down the whole body yeah, of the meat. Basting the meat as it drips. And then. If you, everybody can see my hands and just elongating. <laughs> what kind of show is this? Yeah. I know. I- Y'all, welcome back to another episode of That Reload Podcast. I got the entire crew here with me today. I got sitting across from me the man, the myth, the legend, the booze, Jeremy, the kitchen whitelaw. Meh. And sitting to his right, back on deck, back with us again, finally after a long reprieve, the man, our pit master and producer, the man that tickles all the clips, Mr. Matt Farr. Levels, levels. I've been waiting so long. I felt like I needed a... I need an air horn or something. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. yeah. Not the crickets. Oh, I thought that was applause. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me how you really feel, Stacey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she was looking for <laughs> 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 Forget it. She's looking for that. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. Okay. Um, yeah, after being MIA for three episodes, we've got Matt back. Oh, that's right. And thank you. A very special thank you to uh, Noah Cheek, Cheeky Barbecue, the Apple King of Oregon. He did a fabulous job filling in, and, you know, we missed you, Matt, but thank you, Noah. That's right. When you're listening to her right now, guys, last but not least, the sweet and sassy, sometimes salty, Miss Stacy. Hey, guys. So I'm your host, Joel. I'm here. Just letting me announce myself, and this I never do. But, guys, we have a great episode ready for y'all today. I can't wait to get into it. We're talking about barrel smokers, and we got some special guests, Amber and Noah Glanville, owners of uh, Pit Barrels. Uh, Pit Barrel Cookers Company. Yeah, I mean, like, Christmas is right around the corner, and, and so many of my friends and family members, like, what, what do I get my husband? What do I get whatever? And I thought, let's get Amber and Noah on. Let's talk these pit barrels. Let's talk barrel cookers, because it's something that's super affordable. It's a great gift, and it's an excellent way to cook your food. I mean, the food that comes off of it is award-winning to us. I mean. Absolutely. And we'll get into that later in the podcast, but I want to catch up with you guys. Matt, bro. You're, you're a back. dad. You're back. You're a father. Father far. I am. I'm back and I'm super sleepy. So <laughs> that's the nature of the beast. Well, do you have any, uh, do you have any stories? Anything you want to tell us about being a new daddy? Well, so we ended up being in the hospital for six days, which we didn't expect. Uh, Julie, my wife was in labor for four of those days before they finally said, okay, let's just do a C-section and, and get her out of there. Yeah, man. So it was kind of our worst nightmare. It was the worst of both. She had to labor. Because, you know, they say if you do a traditional labor, uh, the recovery is so much faster, but leading up to it's terrible. And then if you do a C-section, leading up to it's great, but the recovery is terrible. So it was the worst of both, which is what we didn't want to have happen. Damn. But the good news is uh, Harper's here, and she's healthy, and she's happy, and she's our beautiful little baby girl. She just likes to be awake at nighttime. <laughs> she's so pretty. She is so cute. And now you're a daddy. And now, have you been peed on yet? No, uh, I've been pooped on more than I've been peed on. She likes to poop while we're changing diapers. <laughs> right yeah. in the midst of things. So Yeah, she frequently goes through like three or four in one change. Because we'll we'll get the new one on, and then that, that's when it's time to let loose again. <laughs> it's all fresh and clean. That's the best time to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the best is when they haven't finished, you know, and you pull it off there. <laughs> oh, too soon, too soon. Yeah, you pull their legs up, and here comes the, here comes the Hershey squirts. That's right. That's right. There's, it's there's like pulling a, a chicken out of the oven. It's not done yet. Like, oh, 
put that sucker back in. Yeah. <laughs> put it back in. There's a period that babies go through. I think it's like two or three months, and both of our kids went through this, where when they crap, they crap all the way up their backs. Like, <laughs> straight up, you got to throw the onesie away, because you're trying to pull it up over their head, and you're like, no, it's screw it. I'm just cutting it off of them. <laughs> That's true. You're man. just cutting it off? We haven't got there yet. <laughs> Not me. I save a dollar. I just smear them in shit, and then wipe it off a of baby wipe. <laughs> and then run $5 worth off. of water. Close your eyes, son. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be all right. They'll be all right. And they have pink eye. Pink eye was prominent in the Lick Letter household. <laughs> I, don't know, I, thought, I, I thought it was uh, we, we weren't dusting enough or something. But, uh, it's it's so, better than, than throw the pack of heat in their eyes. Yeah, seriously. So uh, did you? Uh, I gotta ask, man. How like the moment she came into the world? What was it, what was it like for you, man? Well, uh, so we weren't expecting the C-section. So they, you guys have been through this, both of you guys. But for anybody who who hasn't, whenever they pull the baby out, there's a scrim separating the upper half of the delivering mom from the bottom half where they're doing the surgery. And I'm, of course, up by her head. And I know, Jeremy, you've said before that you, in a previous life, to no one's surprise, you were into medical stuff and were on the path. Towards He's done five cesareans, yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you were like looking over the scrim, checking it out. I was well, not brave enough yeah the uh, the our, our we had two c-sections the first one they put me behind that screen and i was like what the hell guys like i want to see this and so the second time i learned and as i sat down i pulled it down with me so i could see the whole thing about halfway through the c-section the doctor looks me dead in the eye and she was like you can see this i was like yep and she's <laughs> like uh you okay i was like i'm good Let's go. <laughs> this is and awesome continued. so i got like a front row view to the whole surgery it was awesome that yeah cool. so for anybody not looking over the scrim, whenever they pull the baby out, they like stick it up over the top of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, woo. And then everybody like, like, in the OR Simba? is like, like yeah, Simba. yeah. <laughs> and then everybody's like, happy birthday, you know, and then they hand her off to go get her cleaned up and stuff. So it was not what we expected, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we were just so relieved, I think, at that point to just, you know, you can hear her crying before you see her. And it's like, oh, those are good sounds. You know, we we were so worried. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was great. Yeah, because that's, Everybody that's a lot go. on a baby. Oh, I got goosies, man. I'm, I remember that. I remember yeah. feeling that mm-hmm. feeling and hearing that sound. Ugh. Okay. I'm not a happy but, crier and I no bawled crying. like an egg no, baby. No crying. So I I was I was crying i mean it was like tears of relief and tears of joy mm-hmm. julie was like stone face killer like she was just the general like yes she was like let's get this done and you know she was like oh hey baby and then she was like all right let's go so <laughs> yeah, she's uh, heavily, heavily um medicated at that point uh, as well julie yeah. julie's yeah. a boss that's what it is yeah, she, she cracked yep. did you cut the cord she was telling the doc all right cross stitches this way <laughs> no, I did not cut the cord. I didn't want anything to do with any of that. I was over there snapping, snapping pictures and stuff. What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's great. Man. Oh, you got to bring the camera in or is your yeah, phone? Yeah. Uh, I'd had the phone in the OR, but I had the big camera before and after. So I have some, some good, you know, things to remember the whole experience by. Oh man. I'm so happy for you, man. So freaking mm-hmm. awesome. I can't wait to, to see her when all this. Yeah, happens. man. I, I can't wait for that too. All right, so now that you're away from the baby, so because we're podcasting, what are you drinking? Uh, okay. If you had to guess what I was drinking, what would you guess? Knob Creek Twelve. Yeah, that's exactly Knob Creek Twelve. I'm, that's <laughs> what I'm drinking. That's awesome. know you. You know, I've never had that. Oh, it's so good. I've got a I would buy it. I, I haven't had it either. Yeah. Oh, I can't, we got to fix that. I, I can't like I, 
I picked up that bottle for you here in Knoxville, Matt, and like I have not seen another bottle since. That's the Same. only one I've ever seen. Same. Hmm. Haven't seen a bottle. Fifteen's everywhere. And like, yeah, I've seen, I see fifteen everywhere, but the the, the twelve seems to be yeah. the sweet spot. I think I like the twelve better than the fifteen either. It you just do. drinks easier. I think it's smoother. That's what I think. What everybody thinks because of the price point, and uh, there's not that big of a discrepancy between them or whatnot. Yeah, they're both hundred proofers, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. The fifteen. So if anybody has the uh, the hookup on Knob Creek Twelve, give us a shout. <laughs> Please, Lord, <laughs> I want some of it. My mm. bottle's almost empty. We are soliciting you. Yes. <laughs> Jeremy, what are you drinking? You guys want to guess at it? It's something Wild I very much enjoy right up my alley. Long Branch. Long Branch. Nope. 101. 101. I said nope. 101 first. Uh, Evan Williams. No. Good grief, guys. Weller. G-O-D. Oh, wait. Close to Weller. <laughs> O-G-D. I mean. <laughs> G-O-D. You got a G-O-D. <laughs> drinking the G-O-D. Oh, you go there. Okay. Man. Very nice. Yeah. That's good you stuff. You go tenor. I've been drinking some high proofers recently and like, man, they hit you hard. Like my palate's just not there yet. I took my first sip of this tonight and I was like, oh, sweet caramel. <laughs> <laughs> now what uh, proof is Eagle Rare again? Is that 90? 92? Uh, I believe it's 90. 93? Nope. 90. Um, isn't Blanton's 93? Yes. Maybe. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, 90, which is like 90 to 100 is where I like to hang out. Well, we're drinking a 94 proof, or we're drinking uh, that Tennessee whiskey uh, fugitive, the Tennessee Waltz. Ah, uh, yes. That blend. Oh. So that's a 94 Is that proofer. better than the, the Grand Gossier? It's different. You know, we've not it's done a, bourbon. a side-by-side. Grand Gossier is a whiskey, and this is a bourbon. We need to okay. do a side-by-side tasting on that one. That would be kind of cool. I think Grand Gossier is better, personally. Okay. But it was, I mean, it was good enough. I, got, I asked you guys to pick me up a bottle when we tried it, so but this it'd be is, hard to beat. This is mighty tasty. So, um... Mm. Now that we got drinks out of the way, though, uh, we had a a grand, uh, what do you call it? What do you call it? Inaugural use of the eight Sony A6400 this week. Uh, yep, I did my first filming uh, experience with it. Yep, I filmed Ooh. a I filmed a recipe for Camp Chef that Stacy helped me research for, and uh, it was. We call well. We couldn't. Really, the name was really hard to do because it was a uh, venison. What well, was it? venison Thanksgiving balls? So we've made sausage <laughs> balls before that were Thanksgiving see, themed. See, so you made deer balls. <laughs> yeah, we did, and I that's was, what he kept saying in the in the video. He kept saying Thanksgiving venison balls. I can't keep going with this. It sounds like I'm just eating balls. So we've made this recipe before in the past with sausage, you know, for Thanksgiving and we, we substituted venison and I was a little skeptical about it. Like, well, this is the first time that we made them, you know, with venison. And I'm telling you right now, like literally like a Thanksgiving meal in one small ball. It was fantastic. No wild taste, just clean meat. You would, there was no way you could ever tell that it was venison, and it was amazing. It was super easy too. We got and we used fully loaded. Yeah, we used fully loaded. We you know I cooked the meat, sprinkled it with fully loaded. We put uh, minced celery, minced onion, um, let that pull that, let it cool, and then we mixed it all in a bowl with cornbread stovetop uh, stuffing mix and broth, whipped broth eggs, and two beaten eggs, and let and that more. Uh, and there let was that get tacky. What Raisins, oh, yeah. shredded cheddar. That's right. Um, 
It's phenomenal. So we let that let that, all that stove top and stuff absorb all the liquid, and then we made those little balls, and then we smoked them in the Camp Chef. It was great. It had like that light smoky taste, and they were moist balls crispy that the held outside. their yeah the the balls held their shape, and they were moist on the inside, but like they, they were like crispy on the outside, just how you would like your dressing to be. So is the idea that this is a good use for leftovers? Because I know you said previously your best use for leftovers was just to stand in front of the refrigerator in your whitey tidies and eat well, them. I think no, this is an appetizer on Thanksgiving type deal or Christmas. Yeah, I think at this point is for Christmas. You know, like if you, it's, good, it's a good holiday snack because that the cranberry, and we made a cranberry dipping sauce out of fresh canned cranberry sauce. Canned. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, is it fresh or canned? I'm Who's confused. canned? Canned cranberry <laughs> sauce. So, so the, the, the venison used, was it fresh from a can also? It was, well. Fresh no. from a plastic no. sleeve in the freezer. Yes, that was bagged okay, by, okay. by, by, by my From the truly. woods. No, we used the uh, canned wholeberry cranberry sauce with some orange juice and uh, sea salt. Oh, so good. That was it. Warmed it through, thickened it up. It's awesome. But so it was really that, good. It was really cool. I'm excited for you guys to see it. I'd love for you guys when, to try it. When you guys are subbing uh, wild game into like a regular recipe, do you add some fat or anything into there? Because I know sausage is generally very fatty. Like, do you guys did you guys do anything to like help well, with that? Well, not that's, for this particular recipe. Well, but I think when uh, that's what the beaten eggs do. Like, and we I cook have, the venison and butter. Yes, um, I put butter in the skillet, cook that. But the the beaten eggs. If I have venison burger recipes where the sole purpose of that egg is act as a binder for it. You know what I'm saying? Do you, help do, stick do you ever do you ever like toss out the whites and just use the yolks because that's like the real fatty part? No, no, I just oh, okay. throw it up together. Just wondering, just no. wondering. How was the? You said this was the first time you've really got to use the A6400. So how was that experience? Ask Stacy. She was the one using it <laughs> the whole time. Um, I liked it. There is a setting on there that I believe we need to change though, because um, if we stopped recording, it would turn it off, and then we would lose where we were, like zoom wise, on our tripod. I don't know if there's like an auto I found off button a, or something. I found a setting that bumped that up to five minutes as opposed okay. to one. Because if I hit stop record and then we would change our shot, like boom, it would turn the camera off and then uh, spot. To, to, to my knowledge, the 6400 shouldn't have a record limit or if it does, it's 30 minutes. It's not the limit. We it sounds like it's just recording. timing out. We stopped. Oh, it shuts it off oh, when that. it's not in use. Yeah, yeah I, I have mine set at five minutes. Yeah, yeah, so but um, and I think we had some focus issues, like and that and all that is is just us not knowing the camera yet. Yeah, we, gotta, so. we gotta well, get you, used to you it. guys have watched those YouTube videos that we sent over to like to, like run you through the camera and <laughs> stuff. Course. So like you you got a basic yeah. understanding. Yeah, of, yeah. Listen, Jeremy, yeah. you didn't send it to me. You sent it to him. So I have never seen it. <laughs> this is a true. Story. I would love for you to send it to me so I can watch it. I am all about the, uh, you know. The, the, instruction manuals and it, tutorials. Seriously, if, if I get something, like I hate now that they don't send you like construction manual or con instruction manuals anymore because that I would be the one that would read it from the beginning to the end. Yeah, yeah so um, actually you have to go online and download that. For, from Sony, you can download the A6400 uh, user manual. It doesn't come with like the full book yeah. anymore. You have to download that. But it's, it's nice because you always have your phone in your Save. pocket so you can always look it up. Saving yeah. trees. One tree at a time. Mm -hmm. Also, before we take a break, I want to remind everybody that you need to get your Christmas uh, orders in for Reload. We've got a lot of awesome specials going on, really great prices. Time to stock up. Go ahead and get your um, presents for anybody that you love because you know they're going to love the Reload, but you got to get the orders in this week. We got you got to really get them in. We got some swag that's going to on the website now, right, too. 
be great for gifts. Yes, for sure. So go ahead and place your orders right now. All right, let's take a break. And on the other side, we're going to be bringing in two guests you know you're going to want to listen to. We're going to be talking bourbon, barbecue, and barrel cookers. So be on the lookout for that on the other side. Right, guys, we are back from the break and we are going to get into the meat of the podcast. I want to go ahead and introduce to you guys our resident experts. We got them here in the house. We got Noah and Amber Glanville, the owners of Pit Barrel Cooker Co. What's up, guys? Hey there. How are we doing? We're doing good. We're glad to have you guys on because I think the subject that we're going to be talking about, which is barrel cookers, is, you know, really right up your alley. I think you guys know a little <laughs> bit about that. Just a smidge. Tiny bit. <laughs> you, you're, you're a little bit, look, got a little toe in the game, I think. Uh, but before we get into that, um, let's go. I want people to know if, if anybody doesn't already, what is Pit Barrel? And tell us just a little bit about you guys and some of your journey, please. The Pit Barrel is the greatest outdoor cooking device on the planet. So that pretty much, that pretty much covers that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> If you don't know about it, you probably spent too much money, or maybe you already did spend too much money, and and then you got a pit barrel. No, but it, it we we believe in a phenomenal quality product that is not overpriced and blows away cookers and smokers that are thousands of dollars. And there isn't a customer that owns one that that wouldn't back that up. Amen. Um, so what else? Uh, phenomenal customer service. Something well, about us. I'm married to the, to the to the greatest woman in the world, great partner, spouse, mother, um, and love working together. So well, a lot of people would be like, I'd kill kill my spouse if I worked with her. And well, what I want to talk we, we about, actually enjoy it. What I want to talk about is going from the shed to street cred, which is what you guys did. You know, you all went from building these things in your garage to being the top dog in the barrel cooker industry. It was not easy. There was many mental breakdowns. <laughs> That's not a joke. It, well, it was a lot. It was a lot of work. And, and it's funny because we look back um, and it's been 11 years, almost 11 years. Yeah. yeah. Almost 11 years. Um, and it's, it is crazy to see where it started and, and all of our friends and family that have been along the, this, this crazy ride with us. I mean, we all talk about it and we're like, Oh, remember when we were doing this and you know, FedEx was coming and we couldn't get orders. I mean, just gosh, there's just been some crazy, crazy stories for sure. Well, some of that I want to get into later. I've got some questions for you guys that pertain to the product themselves and your all's journey in a little bit here later in the podcast, but I can't stand it anymore. Uh, I want to talk bourbon with you, Noah, and I got to tell a little story. I don't know, Jeremy and Matt, if I've told you this story or not, but the first time I ever got to put my hands on Amber and Noah was with me and- <laughs> <laughs> in the most amazing way. Handsy there. <laughs> but no, we, uh, me and Stacy were on an anniversary, our anniversary trip up in Louisville. Amber got super salty. She was like, if your ass is in Louisville and you're not coming over, I'm going to get pissed. So we got an uh, extremely yeah. long Uber ride over into their house. And, to the uh, wrong house. 
to the wrong house. We went to your neighbor's house. We weren't sure if the guy in the uh, Chevy Impala was going to murder us or (laughs) or if we were actually going the right direction, but we made it. Um, And I walked in. We were just like on the tip of the iceberg in our bourbon journey. Yeah, my toe was just in a little puddle of bourbon. And I walk in and and Noah's like, hello, sir. Would you like a, a sip of my plethora of bourbons? It's like a massive table, three rows deep of just all the bourbon you could think of. And he goes, don't drink this one. Don't drink this one. The rest are fair game. <laughs> what were those? What were those two? Yeah, he, I want to know what those two he had a ma- are. I don't remember yeah. the other one. He had a Maker's Mark uh, a special derby edition. It was all blue. Um, oh, yes. With yeah. the yellow and blue. And, uh, and that, yeah, shoot. It, it, you know, anything's always open on, on the table, but those, there's nothing. It's just a nostalgia. There's nothing special about the bourbon. It's just a, one of those. Every, every time there's a Triple Crown winner, Maker's Mark does a does, does the, the, the winning horse. Do you know? It's kind of cool. Well, do you know, like when you give a kid candy for the first time? How their eyes light up and like like they get this fire in their eyes. Noah saw that in my eyes when I was staring at his bourbon selection. And so yeah, I had to preface. Now listen, easy buddy, don't drink this one. Don't drink this one. <laughs> Go to your roll. Go to town. Also on this trip, Noah comes out. We had a few drinks. He goes, oh, "Gosh, would you like a little snack?" <laughs> if I made a snack, would you have one? I'm like, sure. Bust out a three pound tomahawk. No big deal. We're just gonna, we're just gonna, you know, sizzle it up on the pit barrel. A <laughs> snack. It was funny. That's my kind of snack. I mean, for sure, it was, it was delicious. F- Cooked right on the um, what the grill was the grill grates on the pit barrel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. oh, that's so, yeah. right. I remember that. It was late, you, you know, and we were just busting out a tomahawk and bourbon. You ought to, you ought to see the bourbon collection now. <gasps> it is probably so. It's in our lifestyle room, which so the PBC we call it the PBC lifestyle room, but it'll be for you know classes corporate events, private events, you know, anything like that. And it is one of the coolest rooms. Everyone that comes in there, whether they're like just visiting they're they're like, I don't want to leave here. It's so cool. It's awesome. Um, I got, I got to see it in the rough. Yeah, yeah, you did. So it's, it's pretty cool. So we have this huge, so obviously bourbon and barbecue, that's going to be our thing. And the, um, there's, there's a massive selection of bourbon and there's probably, 10 times what what was on that table so it's it's pretty cool well what's your estimate well, how many bottles you got come on give me just rough say probably a couple couple hundred bottles god come on man does yeah. amber does he have a problem yet do you think no i don't think so <laughs> well i'm not there to drink it anymore so it just it just stays locked up yeah. and, and we'll 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 open it all up when when um everybody decides that they can Travel. They can. I can travel. Be in the same room and make eye contact and touch each other and <laughs> sit next to each other and all that stuff. I'm so. curious. I'm curious. What's the best bottle? Not necessarily the most expensive bottle, but what's the best bottle in your opinion that's in that collection? Which kid is your favorite? <laughs> Out of the so hundreds, it, of it, it, it's not in there right now. I, I, I probably. I mean, I, I like um, Thomas Handy. Okay. Oh, I've that never is, tried that one. That is, I mean, that that's probably probably one of my favorites for so many reasons. But um, George T. Stag is in there. I've got several of the pappies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are good. The fifteen-year pappy, I think, is just tough to beat. I like that better than the twenty. Um, what about the whistle? Is it whistle pig? Have the boss hog? The whistle ah. pig boss hog. That's outstanding for for the rise. 
that's that's pretty special. That's that's really good. That's probably my favorite one. Yeah. In there. The whistle. I've heard that song. a few times. <laughs> All right. So what's your trick at getting your hands on some of those like, you know, the allocated ones the the Thomas Handy and the, you know, the pappies. Like, how, how are you getting your hands on those? Are you just stumbling across them or do you got like, you know, some- he don't want to get, he's like, I got, I, I had to kill three people just to get this one bottle. No, I mean, there's, there's, there's a couple liquor stores down in the area that we're in and, um, you know, those are, those are good spots, give them business, good customer. So, you know, and that's the thing. And right now there's not, this is a great time to get good bourbon because there's, they can't do a lottery. Um, yeah, really. Yeah, that's true. And so it's, there's not a big long line waiting out the doors for, for it to open up or the chance to, to be able to buy something that's overpriced. So it's, and there's clubs and groups that, that have it, they, they get it through a hookup and they're selling it, you know, online or, um, something like that, that, you know, have some good connections that way. Make but, friends with people at the stores. Stacey. Yeah, that's absolutely. Go ahead, that's Matt. what we've suggested over and over on this show is to befriend the clerk at the liquor yeah. store, uh, yeah. because that's going to be your best chance at getting that allocated stuff. Yeah. So it's cool to hear you suggest that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of allocated, it's allocated season. And we're hoping, hoping our girl Brittany can get us a, a bottle allocated of something. Um, shout out Bob's. Yep. Shout out Bob's. Whether it's George T. <laughs> Stag, whether it's William LaRue, um, I don't, Sazerac, you got the Eagle Rare 20, 8, 18 years. Is that what it is? 17. 17, 17. 17 year. And what's the Sazerac is the 18. Okay. What's the fifth one? What's the fifth one? George T. Stag. Thomas Andy. Oh, it's Thomas Handy, that the one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, no wonder. Of, I, you're no talking wonder about antique collection stuff? Huh? Yeah. You're talking antique collection stuff, right? Yeah. 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 No, I did have the George T. Stag 19. Uh, la- we had it. The yeah. uh, last uh, December, up right before COVID decided to kick everybody in the ass. Um, it was an $80 shot, but hey. Mm. So what are you drinking now? It was what, is, what is your pour of choice tonight? So I've got Weller Full Proof. Oh, that's wow, a good respectable. one. That's a Very good one. nice. That's really hot, and but I, I really like a hot bourbon. So yeah, us too. Yeah. You know, we're really liking bur- uh, the Booker's Booker's blends, mm-hmm. th- those lately. Now, what's your thoughts on Weller Twelve in retrospect to the uh, foolproof? Which one do you like better? Mm. I think Weller Twelve is great. Yeah, black black uh, label. The black yep. label, yeah. And mm-hmm. then, yep, and then you've got the one hundred seven, which is a red, and and the green, the reserve, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think the twelves. I think the twelves really good. I mean, that's you're after twelve. You're getting. I think you're getting getting kind of close to the pappy. Matt, didn't we? Didn't we? You and and Jeremy, didn't you all? Or didn't we together make a poor man's pappy? No, we're going to. We're going to. Yeah, going, we've got okay. we got the antique and we've got the Weller twelve. We just haven't blended them yet. Interesting. All right, Amber, yep. do you drink bourbon at all? You know, I, I shouldn't say I don't like it at all. I just, I don't think I've given it a chance really. And, and then we lived in Louisville for five years. And I mean, I think one time I was like, oh, I'll have a bourbon with you. And I did a little taste, but I like wine. Mm-hmm. I'm a wine girl. Yep. Mm-hmm. The, uh, yeah. I think what got Stacy was the tours. Learning. Yeah. Learning mm-hmm. the different flavor profiles and, and picking out the different, um, you know, flavors in it like i just got hooked i used to not even be able to smell his glass like don't even sit near me when you're drinking that and now you know here i am love it it, drinking it yeah yep and what got what got jeremy was our man shaming 
of him. Not drinking <laughs> bourbon. Yes, I so uh, much on this show. <laughs> constantly felt like less of a man, and I just had to pony up. So you know. So now you, so now you like it. Yes. Yep. Yep. Now he's yeah. trying to break a divorce and on a se- second mortgage of his house, and but he has a great yep. collection of bourbon. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I've only been into it for a about joke. a year and hour or so, but I probably have like 50 bottles. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you, you go, you go, I guess. It's funny how it adds up. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. It's just one bottle, you know, just one bottle. That's right. Yeah. Just, just one more. I mean, if you don't get it now, somebody else is going to, right? If you don't get it now, then you got to wait till next year. <laughs> our, mm-hmm. our producer, Matt, has a saying when you find allocated bourbon, you buy allocated bourbon. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm. And that's why we have that's a shortage. Sure. All right, so um, I'll, let's start jumping into the meat and potatoes on this. Uh, Noah, you're a military vet. That's correct. And when you got out of the military, you decided you were going to start this company, Pit Barrel. Yep. All right, so for how I want to how I want to jump into this is why a barrel? Of all the cookers out there, all the things you could try to jump into. Yeah, what led you to that? Like why a barrel? I feel like our listeners are going to be like, well, why do I want to cook on a barrel? I want to hear from you, like sure. why a barrel? Well, I think if, if anyone. That a pit master, gourmet chef, um, and anyone that's had a lot of success cooking would say that you need time, consistency, and temperature to to produce good quality meat or really anything. Yep. And so the barrel inherently just provides, I think, the greatest environment for that. Um, so we wanted to take that. It's vertical. Heat goes up, obviously, um, and and that also provides kind of that that. 360 degree heat stationary rotisserie um you know and and instead so what we did we we took that environment and then made it better and instead of like big vent doors and snorkels and lots of vents in different settings we said let's let's take it a step further let's figure out the science here let's figure out how much actual charcoal needs to go in here and the fuel source let's figure out really what how much air needs to come in and and that's why it's been you know, at first, now the reviews speak for themselves. People just want want that neighbor what what they tasted at their neighbor's place or their coworkers, and they don't they don't care as much into well. There's not a temperature gauge, and there's not all these things that I think I I, I needs to be there. Um, and so, you produce something, you, same fuel source, predetermined coal basket, one setting on the bottom per year elevation, no vents to adjust on top, and you light it. 15 minutes later, hang the meat, close the lid, walk away, and follow really simple, easy recipes. And it's some of the best food you've ever had in your life, much less cooked yourself. And so for under $400, shipped to your door. And there's people that will that will buy cookers and smokers that are thousands of dollars, and they'll give them like, you've got to be kidding me. I use these things now to keep my charcoal dry for the pit barrel. Yeah. And so, tr- true story. Well, man, so I think every one of us can attest to this, um, but there's, I always say that there's some, you've all put some weird sorcery inside of your barrel because it's weird, man. You try to replicate the things that we do on the pit barrel with any other cooker and we can't do it. But yet, you know, we, we talk to you guys we you all you all hooked us up with a few pit barrels. We went to a major chicken wing cooking event. Mm-hmm. We kicked the freaking door in and we took first place in the spicy wing category with it. 
What's it, funny too uh, is like Jeremy the other day posted some wings and someone commented on there and they're like, "How did you get like these perfect wings with the with the perfect char on the outside?" And I wanted perfect to, amount, yeah, yeah. I wanted to jump in and be like, uh, "Because they were cooked on a pit barrel." <laughs> <laughs> wings are phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. We found that like that extended range between the charcoal and the uh, and the grate helps like. Uh, like you know the drippings because uh wings are very fatty those drippings aren't causing flare-ups and burning the wings it's just causing more flavor to come into those wings so they can like freely cook inside their phenomenal cooking space for wings it is we we you know i have tried uh i've tried making wings you know in the past in the oven i've tried making wings in a pellet grill they're edible don't get me wrong uh and even you know even deep frying wings has its place but there's something that the charcoal and that system that you all have created that just throws it up the, over the top. I mean, if anything, like th- th- it's worth the money just so you can pull off amazing wings. Cause you know, right now you can't go into a freaking restaurant and get wings because there's so many restrictions and you want, and, and not only that, they don't even hold a candle to like stuff at the restaurant just sucks compared to what you can cook at home. So I would buy a pit barrel just to cook wings at home because everybody yeah. freaking likes them. You pull wings off there. Our friends, you know, what can we make you? Well, I just want some of those wings. I just want some of those wings you guys make. You damn straight. Every time. Jeremy. But it's not all about the wings. Now, uh, Joel, do you want to shout out your wing recipe? 225 for 10 minutes, right? It was, no, it was 275 <laughs> for 12 and a half. Yeah. 275 for yeah. 12 minutes. Uh, shout out well, Charlotte Barbecue. Well, it was um, that with a side of eat my dick. Yes, it was. One okay, okay. <laughs> That's perfect wing recipe. So, guys, uh. No, and Amber, have you ever done it? Like how we do our wings on there is we actually crack the top. So the actual inside of the pit barrel runs around like 475 to 500 and 25 to 30 ish minutes to get the temperature. Have you guys ever done that method with wings? Yep. Yep. And really, I mean, anything you, anything you want to get a good crisp on the skin, offset the lid, 20, 30 minutes. That's it. Whether it's chicken, uh, prime rib, turkey, turkey mm-hmm. you know, anything yeah. that's. You know, you're getting the flavor, you got the smoke, it's cooking fine, but you want to just get that extra crisp, offset the lid, 20, 30 minutes, quarter inch, that's all you got to do, and it's yeah, it's done. So the it, gets, it gets hot in there. Yep. Yeah, it does. The 275 temperature that it typically runs, is that with the lid completely on, closed, with the vent open at the bottom? Yeah, depending on, I mean, elevation, how you, how, if you follow the lighting process or not, if you're using lump charcoal. Um, you know, you're typically, you know, 275, 315 ish is what it ranges. And, and, um, you know, it, it the juice is dripping down onto the coals and it yields a, a very little bit more human environment. So you can get away with, that's why it works in hot and fast. So mm-hmm. you can get away with hotter temperatures and, um, and it's, and it's more forgiving if you, put something in, in, in a drier environment and it was 320 degrees, you could, you'd ruin chicken. You cook it an extra 30 minutes longer than a chicken breast and mm-hmm. it's, it's not going to be very good. You could leave it an extra 45 minutes in the pit barrel. It's still delicious, juicy, tender, amazing. So it's, it's very forgiving. And I think that also lends to, you know, people's first time having such a great experience with it, you know, every time right out of the gate it, people, even if they don't follow the instructions and they, they mess it up. It, it only gets better. 
So on that note, um, I will say my very first smoker ever was a pit barrel. Um, when my wife and I were pregnant with our, with our first child, uh, my birthday was right before she was due. So, uh, my mom and sister got me a pit barrel, uh, for a birthday present. Cause I was going to be a dad and I had to have a barbecue cause I'm going to be a dad. Of course. Right? Um, but like the ease of all of those recipes, um, I remember my, my wife being pregnant, me and her sitting on the couch, like in our old townhouse. And this is like early 2017. And uh, watching all the videos, Noah, of you doing the video recipes of all the different stuff on the pit barrel. And I mean, as soon as I got it, I took a week or two off work with my wife and stuff. And we cooked on the pit barrel every day for like two weeks straight, you know, lamb and chicken and this, all sorts of stuff, pork butts, all sort of stuff. So easy and so forgiving to cook with just the way that the, the convection flows through there. It's a, it's such an easy cooker for a beginner. And still to this day, I use it uh, at least a couple of times a month. And I mean, and do you remember like when you first got the pit barrel and you just mentioned, you know, cooked on it almost every night for the first two weeks, it's mm-hmm. fun to cook on. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. You, so, you know, years down the road, you forget, but it's like mm-hmm. looking, looking back, it's so much fun and such a different way to cook. Mm-hmm. And the flavor you get is so much different and seeing yeah. the meat it, it hang and, um, it's yeah, just it's cool stuff. seeing it hanging there. And the, yeah. the nice thing about the pit barrel is you know, you got the rods in, you got your vent set, you put the lid on and, uh, you know, you go watch TV. I mean, like th- there's nothing more to do. You just leave it closed and let it cook, you know, put your probe in and, and that's it. It's not like so- some cookers. I mean, like, like a stick burner or something like that. You got to sit there and you're sitting there. You're there for 20 hours or whatever. Uh, not so with the pit barrel. Yeah. So, so on that note, I want to take a break because on the other side, I want to talk about all things cooking with, with barrel, with barrel smokers. Want to get into that and um, and more with Amber and Noah. So you're going to listen to about 20 seconds of a little ditty, and then we'll be back. <laughs> See you on the guys so we are back from the break we're going to jump right back into the meat and potatoes of this podcast you know Noah, amber jeremy and matt there's some of these barrel smokers that you see out there they look like freaking r2d2 and the one thing about you know pit barrel is they are simplistic but they get the job done every single time in the break Noah, we were talking about matt mentioned to you about um being able to hook a flame boss up to the pit barrel that was something that was uh, you know, you all were ever thinking about doing it. You said, hell to the no. Tell me why. <laughs> so the, the folks at Flame Boss, good folks, good, good people. Um, you know, and, and that product works very good for, for certain, certain cookers. Sure. Pit Burrell just, it, it doesn't need it. It's dialed in. All the guesswork's taken out. So, you know, we, what we ultimately want is a, a, is a product that absolutely crushes a competition, blows it away every day and, and is quality, but we don't, we don't have to recommend things that drive the price up. So literally the largest model right now, 349 shipped to your door, there's nothing else that you have to add to it. It, it works absolutely perfect the way that it is. And if it needed it, we would put it on there. If it needed a a thermometer, we'd put that on there too. And it, it just doesn't need it. And, you know, we're, we're proud to say there's, 
the, the proof's in the pudding. It, that product, the pit barrel, it has more better consistent reviews than any other cooker smoker device on the market, period. Um, so it's, we're, we're, we're pretty pumped about that. And, and the customers, they, they've spoken. I hear you, brother. So one of the first things that I ever cooked on the, the pit barrel on a barrel smoker, your all's the pit barrel, uh, was ribs. And one of the technologies, one of the things that you all that really attracted me to you guys, um, was the hanging method. You know, I, my entire life, it was been laid on a grill grate and cooked the mother. Um, but you guys had this, these rods and these hooks and all, and, and these things. And it was like, what is this all about? And, you know, I think that's what's no different about barrel smokers. And I don't know if, if, if that's something that's, you know, um, what's up? Well, plus, I mean, like you have a giant smoker that's, you know, yada, yada feet wide in order to cook as many ribs as you need. Or you can have, you know, the pit barrel. How and wide, you can hang how, like six racks of ribs on there. How wide your eight, eight, eight racks? Eight racks of ribs. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, so so on, on a on a thirty gallon, which is basically eighteen and a half inch diameter cooker, um, you know, obviously sitting up vertical, you can do. It comes with eight eight, eight uh, hanging hooks, but you, I've done twelve in there, baby back ribs. Holy crap! So and that it's means taking the, up the that capacity. Much space. Absolutely. And, and the PBX model, it'll be coming out, um, um, in the first quarter of next year that will, with its rib hanger, you'll be able to do upwards 30 racks of ribs. Are you kidding me? Whoa. Wait a second. So I'm not familiar with PBX. Can you tell, tell us a little bit more about what that is? So the PBX, so we, we have the, the PBC, the pit barrel cooker, that's the classic. And we did the PBJ, the junior. And then the PBX, the, the, the XL model. And so that's basically off of a, a your traditional 55-gallon. We've made it a little bit shorter um, you know, for, for several different reasons, but really dialed it in. You, you know, if you're, you're actually in business to create a great cooker and you're not just buying drums off of a drum line that is a standard 55, you don't need that extra weight, the extra uh, the height on it. And so we build everything. We're thoughtful on what needs to be done, airflow, the ventilation, uh, charcoal capacity. So we've been able to match that same cooking experience. Again, no huge vent doors. All, all these vents to adjust. One vent setting on the bottom for your elevation one time and no vents to adjust on top. And it gives the same cooking results. So, yeah, if you're a caterer, uh, competition barbecue, this thing will ship to your door for under $500. Wow. So it's... That'll be that's a lot of racks of ribs. That, that'll be a game changer. Our new patio sure. in the new house. We, we got to get one of them PBXs. <laughs> we gonna do thirty racks of ribs. Yeah, we are. We uh, neighborhood. We, well, think about like a think about a people's choice con- contest where oh, yeah. where where you're trying to serve hundreds of people. Like that would be perfect for that. We that's exactly what I was gonna say. We we were nervous about going back to Wing Fest because we had to run eight pit barrels, but like that's a game changer. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> no doubt. We, we had to, uh, Noah and Amber, when we were at Winkfest, they did the judging like right in the middle of the damn day. So we shut down like a few of the pits to, to do these categories. Our poor line. And people were waiting. We had a line, um, probably 100 people deep 
It's, at at some points on this thing, people asking us where our restaurant's at, all this We jazz. have a food truck, you know. Yeah, do we have a food truck? Wow. And then, but once we got done with that judging, we never caught back up. We never caught back up because mm-hmm. it was. We were not going to pull those wings off until they were the perfect temperature. And that's the thing is yeah. a lot of these other booths, they are pulling them at 165, the safe temp or 170. And we would not take them off until they were ready. Like fall off the straight. bone and nice and crispy and. Um, yeah. But anyway, so that's th- thankfully, but that, the the PBX would have been perfect for something like P- that. Perfect. But even then, you got thirty Are racks you guys- ribs you can cook on there. But it's you know if you have a small backyard or a small patio, that's the way you got to cook because you could put out huge numbers of food, only taking up a little bit of your real estate in the back. What were you gonna say, Amber? Yeah. Um, are you guys doing that next year? I know it's, isn't it Labor Day weekend? They canceled it this year. We, it, yeah. it, I'm not going to lie. Wing Fest kicked us in the teeth pretty damn hard. <laughs> we cooked yeah. 140 pounds <laughs> like, of, of wings and yeah. um, it was, you know, over a hundred and I think it was like 113 degrees under our tent with the oh my goodness. running. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was very, we, very tough. We looked at each other. We're like, we came out winners. <laughs> maybe we should call, call it a day maybe we go out on top yeah. Yeah. and you know the crowds they're getting you know between seven and ten thousand people that come to these events and um with the crowds that are going they only allow you to have a max of 10 people work in your booth and we had a full 10 working and we still couldn't even keep up so i mean and it was tough you know the guy in the booth next to us collapsed and um, oh, wow. you know, overheated. And I mean, there's just, it, it's the elements are so tough. You know, I think we're going to quit while we're winners, but who knows? <laughs> um, we do love doing the competition barbecue stuff and we do love like the people's choice, but that's something that we'll definitely revisit. The demand is there, but yeah. So we've talked a lot about wings, but on this show before we've used the pit barrel to cook both a tomahawk and a uh, lamb, right? So yep. I think the, the beauty of this cooker is Ape that it's super Kanye. versatile. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. you can use it on so many different kinds of things. I would be interested to hear what some of your all's favorite recipes on the pit barrel are, or just any barrel cooker for that matter. Uh, I know, no, I know what Noah's going to say. Rock of lamb. Lamb. We had lamb I, tonight. I do like that. Uh, you know, the New York strips. That's I my mean, favorite. It, it, oh, on, yeah. And not so surprising because people are like, "Well, okay, it can do all those things." Certainly, it's not. It's not going to. No way can it cook a steak as good as my. You know whatever grill smoker that, you know, gets up to 5,000 degrees, but <laughs> if th- this thing, it will do a better steak than some of the best steak houses and, and, and people they're like shocked. So steaks, I think are really impressive on it. Um, you know, a good New York, the beef tenderloin, hang the thing, the tip of it can be hanging down in the coals and it cinches back up. And it's lights out. I mean, it's so good. The the prime rib is amazing on it. Pizza, yeah. Pizza's yeah. It's that's such a random thing, but we did a like a I don't know. This was a few months ago. We did like a family pizza co- competition, and I won. That's why I'm bringing yeah cheese pizza, and it was amazing. And I was hands down the winner. But we did like little mini pizzas. You know, we each did our had yeah. our own ingredients, picked all our own stuff. With, yeah, that's fun to do with the family. Yeah. Is, just get a smorgasbord of all kinds of different toppings. Kids, everyone get, you know, take, take little minis. It's so much fun. Like everyone should try this. If you have family and say each person, just create your own pizza. And it's all phenomenal. Put it it on there right on the, right on the grill. And it's amazing. So super good flavor. It does, does the same thing to 
to pizza. It's really good. So you said mini pizzas. What how how are you like what kind of dough are you using for that? So you can get you can go to like Trader Joe's or anywhere and get the dough, but we had a really awesome pizza place that sold us the dough. I don't think they advertised that, but Noah just would go in and ask the question if they would sell their dough and they're like, "What? That's weird." But then they did. And um and then he would go in and ask people if they would sell their truffle mushrooms or their truffle. He would, he just randomly finds things and just makes it happen. So <laughs> he went in there uh, with his veteran muscles. Like hey, motherfucker. I don't know. <laughs> sell me your dough. People are like, where did Give you get the this truffle butter? You know? And, and he's like, Oh, the, the Italian restaurant. They're like, do they have, he's like, yeah, they sell it. And now it was expensive. It was like a little thing like this. And it was crazy expensive, but we got hooked on it. Truffle, oh my gosh, we're kind of hooked on truffle right now, but <laughs> You're so bougie. Oh, so fancy, but um, it's just so delicious. So you just roll but it yeah, out so in your portions. Yeah, basically. just roll out your portions and do your sauce, and then everybody can pick what they want to do on it. And um, yeah, we did it on the junior. That's what we did it on because at that time we were we had sold our house, we were living in the little condo, and so we just had our little junior on our patio. You know, it was fun. Are you having to coat the bottom of the dough? Or mm-hmm. and you're just, you're sticking it straight on the racks. Yeah. Okay. That's exactly what I was going to ask. I was going to make it funny, but we can, we'll cut this out in post. I was going to ask if you were putting it on the grates or if you were hanging the pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> you better cut that out. Please, by all means, continue. You got to turn <laughs> it You into- could probably hang a calzone, like fold yeah. it in half. That's you know, where I was like, going. There you go. <laughs> good sourdough. Dripping down. Yeah. So yeah. Good sourdough would hold up to that. Yeah. Um, no, so I want to ask you guys too because um, we've talked a lot about pit barrel, and and we and all of us have pit barrels and how great they are. But do you all feel like that everything we've been talking about is indicative of, of most barrel cookers? Because I know when you guys started your company, you went through a ton of prototypes. So it, can you like break that down a little bit? Are all barrel cookers the same? Um, do they all work? In, in in general the same or is pit barrel got that niche above the above the rest i i think the short answer is i i don't think they're all the same and i don't think they're all the same because some you have to use a lot of vent control and if you open it up or you're not you're not paying attention to it just like anything um you know but where where i think it's a little bit different i mean that the the, the meat hanging method and and what what we're known for, it, it you can't you can't come out with something that's one vent setting per your elevation and no vents to adjust on top, and so people then have to go either try to design around it or do something different, um, and so that I, I don't think so. I mean, I've heard from people that have other models that the pit is just easier, but you know you'll have also at the same time people say, well, you know I. Or if you don't have a pit barrel, they'll say, well, I, I like the ability. I feel comfortable that there's a thermometer and there's things I can mess with and adjust vents. But the folks that have both will hands down say, this is, this is easy. There's, there's, there's really, you could, the vent control, the way that the, the drums are meant to operate and the flow, you're going to do the exact same thing with something that has snorkels and all kinds of vents to get exactly what the pit barrel is now. Yeah. So if you fine tune it, you're gonna get you're gonna get a pit barrel. That's what it's I was just and, like. Go ahead. Matt. It's so, the purest, most simple form of the cooker design, right? It's you've taken yeah. off 
all the extra stuff that you don't really need and just said, this is what you need to achieve the results that you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to yeah. get at is like, you know, I know you guys had a ton of different prototypes and even down to the ribs on the pit barrel, that makes a difference in the convection that flows through that damn thing. Um, it's fantastic. And you I, cook a rack of ribs in three hours. That was something I wanted to bring up earlier was, you know, something that I put in a pellet smoker that takes me six, seven, eight hours on, on a rack of ribs. I'm doing in about three hours on a pit mm-hmm. barrel and they're better than some of the stuff I'm getting off the pellet smokers. Yeah. People have a hard time with that. And it's because obviously the hot and fast, but you know, that is everybody thinks that you have to cook things for such a long period of time at lower temperatures and you have to baby it and add more charcoal and, and do all those things. And and once you explain all that, you know, it'll last for seven to eight hours, um, you know, one load of charcoal. And you don't, you, I don't think there's anything that you, ha- if you're cooking in um, shifts, you know, for like wing fest or competitions, different things like that, you're going to have to add more charcoal, but for regular everyday use, you don't need to. Let's get into that because that's you all's unit was one of the first charcoal units I ever played with. Um, outside of going and, you know, camping and on those little like crappy built in things you get at your campsite, your all's, sure. your all's unit was one of the first times I've ever played with charcoal. And, um, what is like some, some tips you got? Because for me, like I think charcoal, I think fire, I think I want to see those coals moving. Um, but Jeremy has, has done a lot of slow cooks on his, I've not done a whole lot of slow cooks on my pit. Um, he has. But like you know, shutting that thing down, like putting a, 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 a like ha- Amber, you were you want to talk about your your turkey? Uh, tell yeah. us, what, you know, the, the, go ahead. I know turkey typically isn't that exciting for most people, but um, no, we were on Saturday. We were busy, and um, we were cooking, and and I cooked the turkey, and and it's just funny because I always every time and after the all these years, I'm always like, how do people? it's just so easy to use. You know, I grabbed the Turkey hanger and I put all purpose on the Turkey and I hung it and I literally left it in there. I think it cooked for three and a half hours, about a 15 pound Turkey. And it came out and it was, it was awesome, you know? And so when people are intimidated, you know, um, just by, I guess by taking like, especially during the holidays, you know, they think, Oh my gosh, you know, the holidays are at my house this year and they're like scared and, and, and everything. And it's just, it's so simple to use, you know? Yes. Now, how do you think you kept that turkey moist? You know, with it hanging there and, and you know, full like low maintenance, you just got it hanging, you close the lid, you let it roll. How do you think it was able to stay moist? It's the Pipperell magic, Stacey. It's a magic that's, cooker. That's what I'm looking Ooh, for. Sorcery. That's what I'm looking for. So what is it? What does it do? So how is it creating that moist environment? So, yeah, as opposed to like having a heat, heat diffuser plate or a catch pan or water pan it the juice is dripping and that's really the, the, the magic with the pit barrel is uh the juice is dripping directly down on the coals with whatever you're cooking and the amazing that the juices that drip down on the hot coals it caramelizes and that moisture and humidity that comes back up um yeah. into the drum um it provides a flavor like no other and I think gravity is kind of working in your favor as well, because as that meat is is juicing, that juice is kind of perspiring down the whole body of the meat. 
basting the meat as it drips. And then if you, everybody can see my hands and just elongating. <laughs> what kind of show is this? Yeah. I know, I know, I know. Now, now, Amber, what kind of stuffing did you put inside that turkey Shut when you hung it in? That's is that the same? That's the same question about the pizza. Did you hang your pizza? <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, you know. so to roll it back a little bit, uh, I want to stick on the charcoal because when you, Jeremy, like this is the joke we were talking about with the wings is that the, I had no idea what the pit barrel ran at. I just knew it had sorcery magic. And so on a previous podcast, I told everyone that the pit barrel ran at 275 and it got the wings done in 10 or 15 minutes. Anyways. Uh, it, it can get really rip roaring. That's funny, but that's you, why you when, had an influx of sales. That must have been why. You're welcome. Yeah. Now, when you uh, when you shut the pit barrel down, when you put the lid completely on, that's when it's running about two two hundred seventy five degrees. And I think when new charcoal users they look at that and they go, "Well, I'm snuffing it out. Uh, I'm going to put it out. And it's not going to run." But in reality, with a proper coal basket, that sucker will slow cook in there for hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And following the lighting process, I, I mean, we can't stress that enough. I think that's probably the number one customer service, you know, thing is people that let their charcoal burn too long. Um, and then they don't have the consistency of the times and their temperature is off, but it's like, you have to follow the lighting process. Tell me I mean, about watch that. The you can video. find it right on the website. I want to know. Yeah. Now. Watch the video. Yeah. However, what, you know what, you know, this is hilarious. I have, um, this one friend and every year, during this time, he texts me and asks me how to cook a turkey on the pit barrel every single year. <laughs> is his name Joel Lickler? And Shut up. It's, it is. It is. It's actually Joel. Um, <laughs> no, but it's, it's really funny because every, I, I looked back at all my text messages and this is how good of a friend he is. I mean, I probably talk to him once a year when he asks me about the turkey, right? <laughs> it's all the same question. <laughs> yes. It's, it's like, oh, I, have a few of those too. I mean, I could seriously show it's- you. So, and I, I mean, I, he's great, but so the other day I was going through my text messages and I was like, Oh, I'm going to send the Turkey video. I'm going to be proactive this year. And so I sent it and he hasn't responded to me. I was like, why didn't you respond yet? I was like, Hey, you know, hope you guys are well and being proactive this year. Here's the Turkey video again. <laughs> he's only done it for five years. He didn't need yeah. to respond because you already gave him the answer. <laughs> yeah. you know, he's you like, don't care good. I don't need to talk to you until next Thanksgiving, Amber. Exactly. Yeah. So in barrel, do you guys feel, and, and Matt and Jeremy, feel free to jump in on this because, um, do you all feel that there's a specific charcoal that works better in a barrel cooker over, um, the other between lump or, uh, briquettes? So, so I think in the beginning, um, we wanted the most consistent, make it easy, you know, there's not a field or there's not a temperature gauge and, and it's a different style of cooking. And most people would look at this and be like, it looks like a drum. Like how could this possibly make some of the best food I've ever had? And, and so, you know, we wanted to, um, basically create a, a very consistent, um, experience. And so we started out first recommending regular briquettes. Gotcha. And, and as, as people and forums and blogs and experts and fans have come out and, and really helped because I mean, our customer service, I still feel, you know, you buy a pit barrel and you'll think you bought it from the Ritz Carlton, you're getting white glove service. And it's like, I got better service buying this, this pit barrel thing than buying a Jaguar. Like yeah. these people really go the extra mile and we do. Um, so 
the more experts and people that can help out with that in all the different forms across the board, um, you know, has allowed us to be able to expand and then you know, innovate and offer and, and, you know, recipe development and, and recommend different lump, charcoal, you name it, uh, you know, wood chips, different ideas. And so pretty much I'll use briquettes once in a while, but I mostly use all hardwood lump and I follow the same, same lighting procedure, whether it's briquettes or lump, fill up the coal basket three quarters of the way, fill up the, the chimney starter, uh, predetermined chimney starter, you know, basically fill that up with yeah. either briquettes or lump, pour that, you know, light it, wait 12, 15 minutes, pour that on top, minion method, burn slowly down. And, and it's, and it's phenomenal. The, um, and, and it's fun to try different like mesquite and oak. If you're doing steaks or a beef tenderloin, the, the oak, oak lump is next level stuff. Hard mm-hmm. to beat. Mesquite's always good too. So you were talking about strip steaks, and so you obviously hang your steaks. Now, are you doing some type of sear at the end, like a reverse sear on your steaks? Literally, we'll, we'll put it on. Um, we'll typically put it on on the, on the grill grates, which we sell along with it. Um, well, it doesn't come with it, but you can get them on, on the website that fit perfectly in the in the cooker and um, takes the guesswork out there. But, yeah, you'll it really displaces the heat just right. Uh, put that on there, lid cracked. So for the first side, you know, kind of rule of thumb, three minutes, you know, per inch on, on, on each side. So first side, lid slightly cracked, as we talked about earlier, that really increased in the heat. And then when you make your flip, put the lid on. And when you put the lid on, that really holds all the smoke in there and finishes it off that way. And it's, it's phenomenal. I've never heard that three minutes per inch per side, right? That's what she said. So, so you're, hey, you're doing like a hot that? and fast, like grill method, but you're closing it down to keep that steak in. And then you're just doing one flip and that's it. That's it. Okay. You yeah. say three I mean, minutes. And, and you can definitely, you can do two flips and get the, the, the I mean, if you're doing a steak competition, the diamonds, you, you definitely, but I mean, those things, it's like, there's really only one side that's got the, the, the grill marks. It's to get it just right. But yeah, if, if you're not, if you're not worried about, you know, getting the perfect grill marks and you're more concerned about having the perfect tasting steak, then one, one flip is, is all you need. Have you guys tried like the reverse sear method on there where you keep it closed down, bring it up to temperature slowly, take it off, let the grill get super hot and then just do a quick sear. Have you guys tried that before on yours? Short answer is no, because we were in too big a rush to taste a really good steak. It <laughs> <laughs> would be better than the reverse sear method. I'm going to tell you, gotcha. The, gotcha. the tomahawk that we've cooked with, you know, actually with our Magnum blend, the, the tomahawk mm-hmm. and yeah. um, the picanha, we did picanha four ways on four different methods, sous vide, um, on the Camp Chef pellet smoker, pit barrel, yeah. and then in a cast iron. And pit barrel was my favorite. I yeah. mean, it really was. And then the tomahawk that comes off of that is literally like the best steak you'll ever eat. Well, hell, oh, he, yeah. he did it right in front of us. And hell, we, we've done it here. We did it at the old house underneath the, the deck or whatnot. But. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's you unbelievable. Got, you guys saw it. I mean, there, there were no, well, there was smoke. There were no mirrors. That's right. <laughs> <But> there, <laughs> there, there, there was some smoke. So. It, was, it was pretty barbaric. I mean, you just gripping that bone, you slapped it on that grill. And the next thing you know, we're all just 
This was pre-COVID. Snack. We're all, I mean, I would still do it probably COVID with you guys, but you know, we're all just our hands just sliding <laughs> in there and picking up with our fingers and well, eating that Tommy. That's what I was trying to tell Noah earlier uh, was, you know, if uh, he's ever in Louisville and wants to hang out in the PBC room, just uh, I travel. Now look, that is on our, you know, our podcast field trip. We're going to Louisville. We're, we're uh, all four of us. We're coming. So we got to plan a trip when you guys are down there at the same time. All right. Yeah, we, we definitely need to do that. Um, you were you were there not long ago. We try to we go back. We kind of rotate our schedules and go back, but we'll definitely plan it to where we can all go. Okay. So, um, do y'all want to talk any more cooks? Barrel cooks? Are we good? What about pork butts? I want to talk about pork butts. Yeah, how are you cooking a pork butt? That's something we haven't talked about. Is the low and slow stuff real quick, and then we'll need, we'll take a break right after that. But I've never done a pork butt on the on the pit barrel. Um, Jeremy, you have right. I've done I've done many a pork butt on the pit barrel. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, is, are you cooking it on a rack? I mean, like, how do you hang it? No, you're hanging that sucker. You you, you put a hook in either side of it and hang it from both the uh, both the rods. Uh, Some my, my first pork butts ever were on there, and uh, uh, they they were sliced pork. They weren't pulled pork because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> but I learned on there pretty quickly that just shut that sucker down, and uh, if you're looking, you ain't cooking, and uh, just let it do its magic. <laughs> I like that. That should be a shirt. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, I heard that from Aaron Franklin first. Oh well, shit! Yeah. So he's like reload. Don't <laughs> don't put that shirt out. Yeah, yeah, Joel. I I totally made up. If you're looking, you ain't cooking. Uh, that was me, one hundred percent. Well, you know, uh, you, you I figured just give me a royalty. You know, I figured no that deal. was in your book somehow. I manage as yeah. one of your many many attributes of your life. Um, do you all uh, as you do you guys like to do, and do you recommend doing? you know, those low and slow cooks, um, like that in a barrel cooker. I don't think I've ever done anything low and slow in my life. (laughs) (laughs) So so, so the the pit barrel is, is what, what it, so pit barrel style really is what is hot and fast. Sure. So coming out in competition and, Oh, we're doing it hot and fast. You're cooking in a drum. That's hot and fast. Right. And so, so you're, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's the slowest of the the yeah. I guess. I, the I mean, re, re, as we describe it, I mean it's 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 truly a pit environment, and you know it's it's a cross between, between a barbecue and a smoker. It's you know definitely faster than a smoker, take a little bit longer than a barbecue direct uh, on the grill. But um, but yeah, it's you know hot and fast anything you know two seventy five, three hundred. The low and slow is the the two twenty five, two fifty, outside two fifties you know, typically what's considered more the, 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 the hotter and faster and not low and slow. So, you know, both absolutely capable of amazing barbecue. If you're a stick burner and the juices aren't dripping directly down onto the coals, then, and that's all I had, I would absolutely take advantage of, of you, you have to do it lower and slower. It can't take that, that kind of, uh, that kind of heat and in a non um, human environment that you get in a drum cooker. I got you. Now the uh, a, a pit barrel with a full charcoal basket that'll last how long? About during a cook, eight hours, ten hours? Yeah, you're you're the classic. You're six, seven hours. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, there's not. We haven't found anything. Um, you know, the largest turkey that I could possibly get my hands on was like a thirty-two pound turkey. Shit. And mm-hmm. and you know, killed the thing myself and. Cause I, at first I was like, I want to, I want to try to find the largest turkey I can get. 
And then you should, I should release a video someday on that thing. I mean, yeah, you took you it should. Off I'm like literally fighting this thing, the wings all out over the, the side of the drum and, and it's hot. And I'm like trying to get the wings in. And I mean, the thing was dead, obviously, but, but it was, uh, <laughs> it's like putting a cork in a wine bottle. Uh, it, it, was, it was, uh, it was interesting, but, but you know, we, in that thing cooked all the way up, barely got done, but it was like right at seven and a half hours cook time. So it's huge. And I was like, this isn't, this isn't practical. No one's going to do this. So we reshot the video because at first I was like, I want to show that you can cook anything. But point of the story is I've never found anything that you have to add any more charcoal to. And that's a common question. And it's a good question because of people's experiences. And they will ask, well, how do we, how do I add charcoal? Where's the thermometer? It's like, you don't need a thermometer because there's not much you can do to, to change the, the temperature. And you don't need to add more charcoal during the cook. So it, um, no, it's, it, it, it's pretty well dialed in. Yeah. Yes. nothing. And yeah, again, I mean, I guess if you were going to do, we've done some cookouts where, you know, we did several batches of ribs. So throughout the day, you're, you're going to have to add charcoal if you're doing, you know, three, three racks, you know, three, yes. three batches of ribs, yeah. but w- one normal cook through, you'll never need to add charcoal. Yeah, we did the same thing at Wingfest. We were we were adding handfuls of charcoal between yeah. every batch of wings and stuff. But I've done full packer briskets on uh, on my pit barrel before the the double hook method and stuff, and hang them in there. Then the full wrap at the end, and zero issue with running out of charcoal. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more thing on the on the charcoal stuff. Um, <laughs> I have the uh, the junior also, and that's usually what we use for like wings and stuff because it's perfect for like a single family meal, and you're using such a small amount of charcoal to light that thing up. I mean, y- you can go through fifteen cooks on a bag of charcoal with with that junior. I mean, it's 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 so incredibly e- efficient and stuff, and that, that's usually what we go go to j- just for our family cooks. If we're having a big barbecue, we'll get the bigger one out, and, and that stuff, thing will but. move too. That thing will start mm-hmm. up get hot, man. Oh, yeah. So we do the same thing. We cook on the junior for the most. I mean, mm-hmm. that's our go-to. Yeah. Now, how much is the junior on online? Two forty-nine shipped to your door. <sighs> Shipping included. You can't. You yep. Can't, Shipping you can't included. Can't beat that. I mean, <laughs> so. All right, so um, we are going to take a break, and when we get back, we are going to talk with Jeremy. We're doing rapid fire with Jeremy and reload recommends with Joel. See you guys on the other side. Welcome back to the show, guys. We are going to jump right into your favorite segment of the evening. Rapid fire question. All right, guys. By special request during the break, Noah has asked to go first, and I am happy to oblige. <laughs> so tonight we're going to go Noah, Amber, Stacy, Joel, and finish out with Father Far. All right, guys. First question of the evening. What is your favorite flavor of pellets to run on the pit barrel? Noah. There isn't any. I just caught. I just caught that. All right, Amber. None. None. Wow, Stacy. None. 
Joel, you got to give me something. I really love a good charcoal blend pellet. I mean, there's nothing that just, that sprinkle just, it on top. That just screams pit, pit barrel cooking like charcoal pellets. Mm, there so you good. go. Yeah, you, you sprinkle them on like Salt Bay right off the elbow. Have, you ever, the had the, have you ever mm. had the cherry ones to die for? <laughs> yes, mean. to die for. I mean, they taste so much different than the other flavors. Just like cherry. Exactly. They don't, yeah. ta- they, they don't all taste the same by any means. By no means. Father <laughs> uh, Farr, would you like to follow up on that one? Uh, no. Describe <laughs> the alfalfa ones. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. Earthy. Alfalfa. So, mm. yeah, if you have an extra rabbit laying around somewhere, you can probably feed it that. Try some of that alfalfa. Those mm. alfalfa pellets. Rabbit alfalfa food. Alfalfa pellets. <laughs> okay. Rabbit. I, how many no, people no, th- have made that mistake and put, put the rock, put the alfalfa pellets in there? And, <laughs> and, and now, the alfalfa pellets are the ones that, that come out of the uh, rabbit, right? No, that's, <laughs> right? that's the rabbit yeah. feed. Mm, it probably worked the same. Just don't, All right, guys. Don't next question. Out. Yeah. All right, guys. Jumping into the next one. A toy company makes an action figure of you. What one accessory do you come with? Noah. Bow and arrow. A bow and arrow. Nice. Amber. Rollerblades. Neither yeah. of you are coming with a miniature pit barrel. I find that really disturbing. <laughs> Stacy. Rollerblades. <laughs> um, a Coke Zero. A Coke Zero. <laughs> Joel. A vape pen. <laughs> a child-friendly toy. Yeah. Nah. It's got to be a camera. Sony Cam- camera. There you go. Yeah. What uh, is Slim terrible. Jim short for? Noah, this is a tough one. <laughs> God, it, it, my brain just doesn't work this way. That's fine. We'll, we'll go ahead and pass this one over to Amber. Amber, what you got? Slimmy Jimmy. Slimmy Jimmy. <laughs> Stacy. <laughs> Slimothy, Jimothy. <laughs> I like how Slim, Slim Jim. Okay, okay. I was gonna say this dick. Anyways, on to, on to Father Far. Father Far, Scrawny James. Scrawny James. I had Slimothy James. <laughs> that is the full name. <laughs> so close. I Amber like was very I like close how there. You guys yeah. really caught on to it. I, I, no, I'm sorry. Making dick jokes. All right, guys. There is a fear amongst flat Earth, amongst amongst the flat Earth community. That if everyone in the world social distances by six feet, some people may fall over the edge. How can we solve this pressing issue? Noah. Yeah, <laughs> you really got us tonight. What, 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 now, can you define the flat? I know these are rapid fire questions, but can you define what, what was this? The flatter uh, people? Hey, no, yes. no, no, no. We did, we did, we didn't preface. You're allowed one rabbit hole per, during rabbit fire. Yeah, yeah, we we can jump down. I mean, you know, because the Earth is flat, obviously. It's a round disk. Uh, So if everyone's social distance during COVID, uh, some people could possibly fall over the ice wall that is on the edge that everyone knows about. Um, You know, I mean, different things we could do to help solve this issue. Uh, uh, Maybe get like a large rolling pin and roll the Earth a little bit flatter to make it a little bit bigger. You know, things of that nature. That's so scientific. Build a wall. Build a wall. That's your answer, (laughs) Stacey? Yes. (laughs) All right, MAGA. Very good, very no. good. Joel, you want to <laughs> throw in? Yes, I would say that what would solve it all is cook on a pit barrel. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 That brings people together. That's Correct. a perfect answer. Yes. Oh, that's there good. Go. That was good, yeah. Joel. Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty awesome. Matt? Uh, just come to grips with the fact that the earth isn't flat, and you'll be all right. Oh. Like roundish flat. Gotcha. <laughs> all right, guys. Next one. Is stock just meat and veggie tea? <laughs> oh, uh, 
Yes. <laughs> yes, we got a yes from that. Okay, Stacy. I agree. I agree. You agree? It's a tea. It's probably the only tea I would drink. Uh, uh, no, it's just it's a, it's a solid marinade. Solid marinade. Yeah. Uh, Matt, I'm going to call you out for plagiarism here and say that there, if anything, it's meat and veggie and herb tea. Well, uh, the, the way I read it online from this forum I was on, um, it, it it just said meat and veggie tea. The In forum. The the, the forum, forum being my Instagram stories. The forum being uh, Barbecue uh, on Instagram in his stories recently. Um, and the answer I was looking for was yes, also, but in red. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Me, All right, guys. Next coffee. one. Energy drink or coffee? Noah. Coffee. 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 I am very, I am seasonal. Uh, in the warm months, I am a, a rock star man. But in the winter months, I am a coffee man. Coffee man, Matt. Mm, both. I require a lot of caffeine right now because I have a two-week-old. <laughs> right now, especially. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next one, guys. You can only have one bourbon for the rest of your life. Real-world rules apply: cost, allocation, rarity, etc. What is that bourbon, Noah? That's a tough one. The way you the way you worded that question, I would go with Stag Junior. Stag Junior, really. Nice. Just yeah, mixed with with ice cube. I would if, if if you hadn't done the the rarity and and the cost, I would have probably done George T. Stag. But <laughs> you only live once, so let's just change it to George George T. Stag. Amen. Yolo. Um, Amber, <laughs> is there a wine that falls into that category for you? I, I like a lot of wines. Um, I can't think of one off the top of my head to be quite honest. Lindemann. Just I a good a good red cab. A good cab is good. Good cab. There you go. <laughs> Stacy, I know you're going to say something preposterous. What is your answer? I'm going with just a, a straight up Buffalo Trace. We cracked one the other night, okay. and I forgot how good just a nice Buffalo Trace is. Great pour. Oh, if that's affordable, the only one I've got, medium, easy to find. That's a good one. Yeah. So I know we're ta- I know we're talking uh, some sort of favorite bourbon, but I totally didn't listen to anything you said. So can you repeat All the right. question? You only get one to drink. You can only have one bourbon for the rest of your life, but real world rules apply. Cost, allocation, rarity, etc. What is that bourbon? Oh, it's it's uh it's old granddad one fourteen, hands down for oh. me. Yeah. <laughs> you already drink that every day. I only have a can, yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah. yeah, seriously though, for, for the proof and yeah. the and the price and the flavor that it brings out, OGD one fourteen is where I'm at. All right, Matt, I know you want to say Knob Creek 12, but you can't ever find it. So what is your bourbon? Yeah, it's got to be like Wild Turkey 101 because I know I can go to the store, any store, and find it. Uh, But I do want to take my rabbit hole here. Joel, Old Granddad 114 is available around here, but the prices have gone up to $49.99 a bottle. What? Serious? Isn't that crazy? It's because of us. We've done this. We have. We've over-talked OGD 114. Damn it. No, I, I literally bought one yesterday at Total Wine for twenty-seven. Well, I didn't well, even know Total Wine had the one fourteen. I it, it's rare to find it there. Listen, guys, I take complete credit for Bob's liquor store. That's why we bought a case. Stocking OGD one fourteen. They didn't have we it. Knew this they didn't happen. have it at all until I said, "Hey, Britt, order me a case." Now it's flying off their shelves. I'm pissed. Yep, well, she was supposed to get us some early times uh, bottled and bond, but that never happened either. Yeah. So. Joel, get on that, please. Okay. Yes, sir. Next one. Next question, guys. Are mashed potatoes just Irish guacamole? No, Noah. 
Those faces are the best. Amber, would you like to answer for no? Yes. Yes. No. no. They're no. Okay. Stacy. Um. Uh, yeah, I, I think it is. I mean. Okay. I mean, I would dip some stuff in it. Joel. <laughs> no, that is a fine cuisine. Thank you. Thank Which you. one? You're welcome. Mashed potatoes are a fine cuisine. They're not Irish guacamole. Okay. <laughs> it's its own food, Ma- food group. Why is it Irish guacamole and not American guacamole? Do we know where mashed potatoes came from? Well, the Irish are known for their potatoes. So is Idaho. Okay, well then, um, are it's mashed potatoes Idaho just, just Idaho guacamole? Yes, absolutely they are. Idaho right. guacamole. Next Idaho guacamole for Matt. Yeah. Guys, this brings us to our final question of the evening. The one you've all been looking forward to. Are Reload Rubs the greatest seasonings of all time? Noah. I, I think they're tied. <laughs> they're, they're tied for first with themselves. I concur with you. Amber, go ahead. I think it is It is a really close tie as well. <laughs> hey, let's preface that really to their good. seasonings. They are, they are outstanding. I will say that. I have had your seasonings before, and they are very, very good, too. Uh, Stacy. Are octopuses just wet spiders? <laughs> okay. See, that's Joel. easy. Uh, have I made too many dick jokes in this podcast? No. <laughs> like usual. There we are. Yes, of course. And that brings us to the end of this rapid fire questions. I'm going to throw it over to my man, Joel, for Reload Recommends. That's right, guys. It's time. It's that last segment of the podcast, the one you've been yearning for and waiting for, the one that's probably 10 times better than Jeremy's. It's that <laughs> freaking A that I screw up the intro. But anyways, it's that segment where we recommend things we think are badass and we want to recommend to cash start over, for God's sakes. No, 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 no. no. If you're going to say you're 10 times better for first happening. run. First screw run. you guys. <laughs> if they weren't on here, you'd let me do it. <laughs> uh, so that being said, let's roll in. Sing your song. Do what? Sing your song. Okay. That being said, let's roll into a reload recommendations, recommendations of reload. Yeah. That's right, guys. It's time. Let's recommend this jazz. I'm going to do a uh, shake things up a bit. I'm going to go first. I'm going to go Jeremy second, Stacy third, Noah and Amber fourth, fifth, right? And then we're going to round things out with my man, Matt. So first thing I want to do in lieu of Matt being back, I want to recommend a song today that I think would uh, all of you will enjoy. It's a song by an old country artist called Fred Eaglesmith with that title, I Shot Your Dog. I shot your dog. He was on my property. Thought he was a coyote. You don't, you don't like that? No. What does that song have to do with Wayne's. me being back? Do what? What does that have to do with me being back? Not a thing at all. It was a joke. I actually have a different song <laughs> than I was going to do. Hang on. I'm going to pull it up. What? Taking forever. I'm sorry. It was trying to make a good joke, and it did not land, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so... 
right. that wasn't the song. No, that wasn't the song. <laughs> it wasn't at all. I we we try to we try to have good music slaps on here. I tried to make a joke, didn't land at all. Here we go, Matt. Uh, hope it doesn't bring the tears. But for you being a new dad, I was listening to this song and I was like, man, it just made me think of you. And uh, so here we go. This is a song by Need to Breathe on their newest album. It's called Banks. Wanna hold you close but never hold you back Just like the banks to a river And if you ever feel like you are not enough I'm gonna break all your mirrors Wanna be there when the darkness closes in To make the truth a little clearer I Wanna hold you close but never hold you back be the bank's player. Yeah, I listen to that song. Oh, I'm not going to lie. I got all misty in my car. Wouldn't like it. But, no, uh, I like that song. I love Need to Breathe. They got that real feel-good music that uh, that's, hits a whole plethora of spectrums. Um, so, check them out. That is a song called uh, Banks by Need to Breathe. So, next up, Stacy, what you got? Oh, okay. So what I was going to recommend is something that, you know, you can get this Christmas. Um, You can get it as a Christmas gift, but I think you should just get it at your house. And it's a candle. It's a candle by a company called DW. um, Hold on. Let me look it up for sure because I didn't know I was next. Uh, DW Home. It's the warm tobacco pipe candle. And I'm telling you. Oh, it smells good. So freaking good. And you know, it doesn't really smell like just straight tobacco or anything. It's just a really nice smell to go throughout your home. So DW Home Warm Tobacco Pipe. Good for the holidays. It is. It's good. It's a good gift. Jeremy, hit me. All right. Um, I'm going to recommend a product, a a product that we used last time we were together, and that is the Sear Pro. This is a kitchen flamethrower that we steered off some bourbon creme brulees together with last time we were together. Um, I've been using this thing for a few weeks now. You can find uh, at Sear Pro on Instagram. They have a Kickstarter going, but it is a a flamethrower. You hook a little, uh, little propane tank up to or a hose to a bigger propane tank, and uh, it shoots about a three-foot flame out. Uh, we've been using it to uh, start our fire pit, finish off creme brulees, finish off meats. It's a lot of fun to use, uh, a really cool product. Um, actually, our, our friend of the show, uh, Brad Pros, Chilies and Smoke, he has one too he's been playing with, and uh, it's been a lot of fun around here uh, experimenting with that. So go check them out. Uh, really, really fun. My kids would have a ball with that. So You get them too. They could have flamethrower fights. Yes, that'd be fantastic. Good for their mm-hmm. hair and face. That's great. Yep. Okay. So Noah, <laughs> Amber, what you guys got for uh, your recommendations? I'm going to let Noah go first. I The flamethrower, whether you're doing actually using it for its intended purposes, that's fun to use. Like <laughs> You can get a really long flame out of it. Um, you know, get people to talk. You know, Torch the creme brulee, whatever you got to do. Ooh, with lots, lots of drinks and, <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, this could be a party entertainment gift right here. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think. That, so I just recently got this. Um, and of course, not here in California. But the bench Benchmade makes a killer stiletto knife. Ooh. Super sharp. It's badass. Ooh. That is. So cool. It makes you feel good every time you, you open the thing up. Good mechanism, like quality and crazy sharp. So most people probably cut themselves with this thing at some point because it, it is ridiculous, ridiculously sharp. But that's really cool. That that Benchmade stiletto, I think, is, um, is, is a great stocking stuffer for someone you really like. 
So that sounds. Yeah. I think we're all looking it up right I, now. I'm, I'm actually I'm typing it on Google right now. Male, female, perfect. It's it's badass. That would be my my recommendation. Obviously, no endorsement. Just <laughs> just a genuine mm-hmm. genuine recommendation. But benchmate, if you do want to endorse this reload podcast, feel free. Yeah. <laughs> I carry a uh, a benchmade mini griptilian every day. That's my everyday carry knife. So they make good stuff. Hard, hard to beat their quality. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. All Amber. right, Amber, what you got, girl? I'm going to go with the show, and I'm sure that this has been said before, and I'm sure you've all watched it. Well, I assume you have, but Yellowstone. Yeah, that's a good one. That's so good. I mean, it's just so good. Okay, so I've never watched it. She Joel watched what? it without me. Yeah, I need to. Listen, I need to watch it. Listen, she got on there. She's like, hey, they're talking all country. I don't want to watch it yet. No, if, if, if it ain't, if it ain't. I know, but I saw someone on there named Rip, and so I'm about to <laughs> rip through those episodes after looking at that guy. Hey, Sorry, I love you, honey. Rip. Hey, 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 no, hey, no shit, no shit. He got uh, just did a photo shoot for Sexiest Man Alive. Did he really? I don't know. No, no, I don't think he's sexiest man alive. I, I, I think can't. you are, babe. He's a close. He's close. Yeah. close. But no, I, lo- I love that show. Uh, I, if, it's one of those shows that I'm not waiting on anybody. I, when it when it drops, I'm watching it. Um, oh, yeah. She got she would she didn't watch the first episode with me, and that's and then he flew right through. I didn't look back. Sorry, baby. Sorry. No, they were they were so good, and it, it's sad because you get through the whole season, and then you're like, do I really have to wait like another year? Yeah. Yes. God. That is. Yeah. See, that's what I'm. I'm strategically awesome. doing this so that I can just like. Hammer I don't even have to wait. I'm just gonna watch them all in a row. Season three. Marathon. Season three is gonna be yeah. good. Be I really know. Great recommendation, Matt. Yes. Producer Matt. He's back, and what he's bringing us. What are you bringing us, man? All right. So this week for Matt's music, I have our first ever cover song. So originally released. In 1989, as part of Tom Petty's first solo album, this is Judah and the Lions' version of I Won't Back Down. Hey, baby, there ain't no easy way out. Hey, I stand my ground and I won't back. It's an excellent playlist that really slabs and our Matt, I really like that me and you both brought the feels. That's right. I, <laughs> the- I want to know if the na- the neighbor shot the dog song is on there or I shot your dog. <laughs> that will not make it. We cannot encourage this. A little That's going to be the number one requested song, so you may as well put <laughs> it, it up. It I is. Shot Your Dog, trust me. <laughs> All right, we, we, we want to hear from everybody at home. If you want I Shot Your Dog on the playlist, let us know, and we'll, we'll add it on there. I'm glad we've continued to reference <laughs> it so that I can't just cut it out. I you know? Shot oh, Your Lordy. Dog. Yes, you can't cut it out. We gotta I put... can't cut it out now. Okay, no, so uh, we'll wrap a hole in that. I went to a little dive bar here in downtown Knoxville as years ago and saw uh, a buddy of mine, um, him and his band were up there singing. And this guy, man, we were got to talking about country music, and he was just like, F this guy, and F this country music. He goes, the only real country music singer out there is Fred Eagle Smith. And you got to listen to this song. And that's one of the first songs I listened to by him was I Shot Your Dog. I'm like, this guy's bananas. 
But anyways, uh, so yeah, if they do want Fred Eagle Smith on there, I'm sure Matt will oblige. So, all right, that's the end of the podcast. Noah and Amber, listen, I appreciate you guys coming on here. This has been, you know, long overdue, something I've, I've, I've known you all for so long and I've wanted to get you guys on here. Oh, what's up? Something we didn't mention is that this is not your first appearance on this podcast. It is not. <laughs> it's, they have been here on the, the podcast very end before. of the show. It is. Yeah. We actually did record and we were well, like what adolescent podcasters, me and Stacy. Yes. And uh it was it was great. It was an amazing, amazing podcast. I'm talking like this would have put our podcast to the next level. Everyone we would have been on red carpets and shit, but Bye now. Really subpar recording equipment. And but instead, it sounded like... It was before you had a producer. Yeah, do damn straight it is. Yeah, now we have a producer. <laughs> but no, uh, the audio was shit, and we've been trying to get them back on ever since, and now we have finally got you guys back on here, and I'm so glad that you guys came back on, dropped some major knowledge bombs, um, and thank you all very much Next for Next time, on. it needs to be in person. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having us, you guys. It's always fun. You guys are great folks. Like genuine. You're welcome anytime. Come come see us in California or Kentucky. E- either one. We're we're out there a lot. And um yeah, when we get going with that lifestyle room and we do events, we're gonna do we gotta do a grand opening. We're gonna do a big event during HPB, our patio barbecue expo. When it's out there, we'll the party will be at our place. Um MBBQ, yeah. MBBQ. Yeah. Um, There's going to be a lot of stuff next year. And that's awesome. Yeah. There, there'll be quite a bit. So in the spring, well, more, more summer, fall, but there are going to be some good events to come out to. So we, we had a place ready. We were coming down for the grand opening and then COVID hit and we had to cancel all that. And you, you know, the party canceled and all that. But just be on the lookout here in California in your neighborhood. Just be watching your neighbor's houses because we'll probably be knocking on one of their doors rather than yours. <laughs> so. Guys, well, look, I want to say this to all. Nobody's going to understand what that means. Uh, well, they don't have to. I got it. Okay. I got it. <laughs> we'll be, uh, uh, no, I want everyone to know if you're interested in getting a, if you're not, if you're new to grilling or if you're an OG and you haven't got into barrel cooking yet, uh, pit barrel is what you need to get at. Christmas is coming up, guys, and you need to treat yourself to the one of the most affordable cookers on the market. Um, Noah and Amber are some of the best people out there. They stand by their product and they make sure that you're going to have the best experience that you can have. So Noah, Amber, thank you guys real quick. Tell everybody where they can find you all, where they can find pit barrel and all that jazz. Yep. So you can find us at pitbarrelcooker.com, And then we have, um, we have a ton of mom and pop retailers all over. So just put your zip code in on our, on our store locator and you'll find that. But as always, pitbarrelcooker.com. And you're pretty active on Instagram as well. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We, we, uh, we, we have plenty of product we can ship out right away. And if, if you are someone that waits to the last minute, we are offering express shipping and super affordable. So not that I suggest waiting, but it's not, not going to cost your arm and a leg if you need a last minute gift. And I will say, I will say you guys have a combo kit that comes with every accessory that you guys can get. In one package, that is the perfect combo. Yeah, that's what you need to get. Is get all the get all the accessories. You think you won't need them, but you're gonna want but, them. But you do. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, we do have the we have new. I think we just started some new um, packages, some new bundles today. In fact, oh, so for Christmas, so you have to check it out. 
Good deal. Well, thank you guys for coming on. Matt, Jeremy, it was fun as always. Matt, I'm so glad you're back, buddy. Good to have you. But guys, if y'all... Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations, man. For sure. Father Far. Yes. I'm That's gonna, right. <laughs> we need to get like a, like a one of those monk outfits for him, you know? <laughs> Like a Jedi, right? No, father is the Catholic stag guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, so close, Joel. Yeah, so, so close. close. <laughs> Almost landed. So far. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Well, guys, if y'all are listening to this, we love y'all. We thank you so much for listening to this. And if you're if you want to continue listening, hit that subscribe button. Do it. Do it right now. So you can listen to that reload podcast anytime, anywhere. Love you guys. We'll see you on the next show. See you next Tuesday. This podcast is brought to you by Reload Rub and Seasoning. Head to ReloadRub.com to pick up the full arsenal of our delicious blends, perfect for amping up your next meal. No MSG, clean ingredients, and a portion of every sale is donated to Hungry Heroes, serving those who serve others. So head over to ReloadRub.com and order yours today. <laughs> that was anyway. Good. Uh, uh, dang. Excuse me. Good I shut you guys up. Good one. Did you miss that? Slick ladder. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can we play like ACDC, like back in black, like when Matt's like intro back into the show? That would have been so good. Matt, can you just do that in post, please? But the, no, we can put it in post and I can be like, Matt back. Back is back. is back. It's almost more funny whenever you guys sing it, though. I'm calling Noah. Some one of these days we're gonna get a rando pop on here. <laughs> we're like, "Hi, how's it going?" That'll be awesome. Just That'll make for great after credit stuff. It says unavailable. Okay, so. Okay, I gotta move them over Thank here. You. Amber, Amber, I think we had like a two-hour phone call one day. I didn't know it was you until like the end of the phone call. I totally remember that. That's so <laughs> funny. We were talking about something specific, and then I was like, "Oh, this is Amber. I'm one of the owners." And you were like, "What?" It was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just called the general number because I had like a general question about like uh, I think it was like when I first got my junior or something about yeah. uh, temps and stuff, and we talked about turkey for like two hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because I would I would just answer the phone all the time, and no, I'd be like. Don't answer the phone. You have other things that you need to do. We have people that are answering the phone right now. You tell, know, tell I, it just would drive me crazy. I'd be like, Pivotal Cooker. <laughs> so, That's awesome. Okay. Drives me crazy. And the boys got a squirrel and they cooked it on the neighbor's pit barrel earlier today. No way. <laughs> That's did, you, did you take a picture? Oh, God. I was like, what are you doing? And they did they like, put a hook in it and like oh, hang it? Oh, no. Yeah, it was yeah. great. Did, my, Mom didn't want anything to do with it. I was like, check the liver. It's, <laughs> you, you absolutely, squirrels, fine. Tastes like chicken. He's out, like, Easton's out there. We have four girls that live next door, and, then, and like, they're out there. And then I'm like, what are you doing? They're like, we're cooking the squirrel. And then the girls are like, yeah, he didn't take that. I'm like, what on earth? And, and he's like, I'm going to eat it. And I'm like, you're not eating squirrel. <laughs> and Easton's like, yeah, I think it's fine. And I was like, no. So then he takes, like, pieces of it, and he's throwing it. And then I took the dog out, and then Skipper wants to eat the squirrel. And I'm like... This is really gross. And I come around to Noah and I'm like, you know, the boys are cooking squirrel in the neighbor's pit barrel. And I'm like, I'm so glad it's not my pit barrel. It's theirs. <laughs> if I came home yeah. and Jace or Reed was cooking a freaking squirrel in the pit barrel, I would just straight up ugly cry. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be I would be that proud. You make me proud, son. I'd be that proud of it. I would. I'd be that proud that they went out there and, and harvested something and then like, I've done something good in my life.